Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sam Driven with me and soul creator Sam. I have a guest with me today and his name is Miles. Welcome Miles. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, hello to all our regular listeners. You'll be uh, surprised to hear Miles with us today but I thought we should get another aspect on the podcast. So when did it become the Sam Driven? Just so I know. Just, just, just so I know. <laughs> I just wondered how you'd react. <laughs> we, we could have that. Just we proving could... that I'm a very competent host, you see. We could have a spin-off called The Sam Driven. You know, like uh, when Friends ended and they had the Joey show or yeah. something like that. So it'd probably be just as good, to be fair. Yes. Just completely unplanned Yeah. and just waffling Yeah. <laughs> for probably 35 minutes. Sam, going, right, well, I'm done. Just <laughs> talking about what's irked him that day. Oh, well, that'd be a long... That, that, yeah, four-hour <laughs> podcast of him talking about a twig in a road somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you just, wanna, do you want to introduce what the podcast actually is? Yeah, well, I wouldn't just a second. I just want to remind you, Sam, it's... This will be, no, <laughs> this will be podcast... I think it'll be podcast 47. Oh, we're doing like a countdown now. And you said in a previous podcast that you would do a sentence in Polish On by... The the 50th yeah. by the 50th yeah, just so a reminder it'll be the 50th just a reminder you got three more you know, yeah, yeah. coming up if, which makes it about a week and a half and <laughs> we've been missing for the last podcast and this one one of your uh, foreign well, languages because I've done the introductions I can't do both right in Is theory that, if we go back a few podcasts I think you did a, we did actually say that you should come with a language if I do the intro I think you're the language expert I would I would say you're using the word expert very loosely Um, sorry I was taking a yeah, no, that's why I stopped talking. Threw it straight at me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not the one that has done. I've done a bit of accent. I never wanted English. to. You started making me do it, and we're almost fifty podcasts in, in now, and you're still making me do it. In all fairness, you started it, and then I made you carry on. I said on. bonjour. Yes, once. and I was like, "Well, that's it. <laughs> Sam's got himself a character here." So, oh, that's fine. I'll be Pierre, the Frenchman. P- okay, so it's Miles and Pierre on the Miles Driven today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, Pierre is going to sound. Bonjour. Yeah, what to say? He's going to sound <laughs> quite, limited, to? <laughs> quite limited in his. Uh, Ça va? <laughs> what's a what's a car in, in French? Le car. Nope. I don't, I don't know. A voiture. Oh yeah, that's one of the few. I'd French... say what a cat is. Do you know what a, what your head is? I can't say what a cat is because it sounds like a swear word. Okay. A dog is la chien. Oh right, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine what. Pomme de, pom de terre. Do you know what that is? No, go on. Potato. Uh, I was going to say Latette, I remember. She's your head. Oh, okay. We remember different things. What's yeah. birthday? No idea. Bon anniversaire. Well, oh, that might, that might be happy birthday. Uh, well, I, I know things like Zuma Pell. Oh, I remember the song. Do you not remember the song from when you were asking people their birthday? Quelle est la date de ton anniversaire? We used to, to sing it all the time in French. Re- oh, no, because yeah, you, you did basic Primark version of languages because <laughs> yeah. you're too stupid to be in the French class. You uh, went and did Spanish. Myself and... <laughs> Go on, give us some our, Spanish then. Um, hola. Brilliant. Anything That's else? Genuinely. We, I did... I didn't... Two years of GCSE level uh, It wasn't teaching. GCSE. I got it a certificate. Yeah, but it was a GCSE level teaching, is what I'm saying. But at the end of it, I got a certificate. I didn't get a GCSE Two in Two years. It. Sam, I hugely regret it because... Miles, I, would... I can speak some French. Yes, and I, I sat know. at the front with our other friend playing pool on our phone for and two years. I sat, sat in the other class with our other friend. Yeah. And he actually already had another language under his belt, and a very useful one at that. Right. Being that it was Chinese. <laughs> yeah. So... I went into that class and I regret it. I should have just stayed and because uh, yeah, I would like you would today. have had much more fun. Well, it's not just that. I would like today to be able to speak more French. And I just at the time, for whatever reason, I didn't. I wanted to learn Spanish 
and I was not good enough. At, so you could do a GCSE in Spanish, yeah. but you had to be very good at French. And I was not very good at French. So the option I had was to do a basic course in both French and Spanish, which is why I know things like a car and your head. I mean, if I sat, and, if I sat and just did a little bit of research, I could probably speak to you in French for a couple of minutes. Because yeah, we had to do a I, French I speaking exam. Yeah. Well, I remember um, you had quite a good teacher because I think she did some of our basic classes. We had the head of we had the head of languages. <laughs> yeah, and she would come into our class sometimes when she wanted a break. Yeah, and <laughs> just sort of say right. Well, because we made the other teacher leave. Oh yeah, that's a that's a different story. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on with the podcast, shall we? So we are an automotive podcast, just in case it's the first time you're listening, but we've got a bit sidetracked. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the Ineos Grenadier, and it's just about to be released in the UK, and they're talking about releasing a second vehicle before they've even released the first one, so we'll go into that. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, car reviewing, so that you can kind of understand a little bit more where we come from when we're talking about car reviews, because I think sometimes there's a little bit of a lost art of, you know, we'll say, well, that's quite expensive, or that's relatively cheap, or this is very luxurious, and people can get a bit lost because it has to have context to it. So in a previous podcast, we were talking about an old Audi S3, and Sam was saying, yeah, it's quite luxurious in a way. And that's true if we're looking at that particular era of cars, that particular type of car, if you're looking at all the options, but if you were to compare it off to a Mercedes S-Class, it's not at all. No. So it, it's, it's about understanding the context, and sometimes I don't think it's always very clear. So we'll talk about that for a little bit. And then I want to talk about three hilarious vehicles. Okay. You're promising a lot. No, the three hilarious vehicles, are because they really are not worth spending much time on. So oh, okay. <laughs> I picked them because I thought, oh, I want to throw these at Sam and see what, uh, what he makes of them. Oh, okay. So, oh, let's delve into Ineos then. And I, can I do Because I think the Ineos is actually a more serious conversation about okay. actually... Let's a, delve into... About the stuff I want to talk about. Because the, the, the Ineos actually, there's, there's, there's quite an interesting company behind it. Okay. Now this stuff right, is... Okay is, uh, well, some of them will get you really excited. Okay. Others maybe less so. First off, Sam, did you know that Renault made a pickup truck? Did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, because I read your notes. <laughs> did you read it? Okay. Only because you gave me the book, said this is what we're doing in the podcast today, and then ripped it off me after I read out loud the sentence, Renault made a pickup truck. Did you know that, Sam? <laughs> did you, do, you, do you remember from looking at my notes how long they made it for? A year. And do you remember what it's called? No. It's called the Alaskan. Okay. It survived one year of production and it didn't make it to the UK. Oh, that's because, why I seen one then. Yes, because in that year, well, there was talk, <laughs> I was looking at it, I was thinking, did it ever make it? Because it, it seemed like, even from Renault, it did, but I couldn't find any proof that they ever sold one. So possibly they did actually bring, like, say, a handful over to try and sell them and just couldn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was one of those pickup trucks where you look at it and you think, okay, redeeming features. Well, it's slow. Okay. Uh, doesn't have amazing load capacity. Isn't particularly luxurious or utilitarian. Bit expensive and is probably the worst looking of all the pickup trucks you could have bought at the time. Winner. So <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing they didn't sell by the, uh, the boat. Load. When I realised they sold this, <laughs> I found this from a sort of archived... Uh, review and I thought oh I've never heard of one of those 
I wonder if it was yeah, any which good. Which is an odd feeling. <laughs> it is. It is an odd feeling to think, especially something so recent. I mean, they released it in 2017. They pulled it in 2018, so it really didn't do oh, okay. very much. Um, but yeah, it, it appears that they sort of created it, realised that there was a market of exactly one person. I suppose they must have sold one. Probably someone who got like a 50% off just to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> just to get just to get it gone. <laughs> well, as far as I'm aware, there's only one built because they tested one and I've not seen, I couldn't find any others, <laughs> any existence anywhere. I imagine they sold it in France and maybe Germany, a few other places. And even though, even people there who were like, well, it's good value, thought I'd rather buy something that isn't good value, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's in a, it was in a very competitive market. You think the pickup trucks that were available in Europe. Yeah, it's not, something, it's not something that you just delve into offhand, is no, it? I mean, you're basically saying, I don't want any of the Japanese stuff because that's reliable and will work and will do a job very well and is reasonably priced. I don't want the Amarok or the Ranger because that's more expensive but has more luxury and looks about it. Yeah. I don't want any of the new ones like the Mercedes X-Class that was coming in. Yeah. I, I don't want any of those. I don't want to import an American one. I want to buy a Renault who've got... Who's <laughs> Zero pedigree. In this particular... I mean, they might have made a few pickup trucks back in the 50s after the Second World War for a bit of a laugh, but yeah. yeah. but nothing serious. Going on to that, though, from that pickup truck, we have another pickup truck. Okay. And this is the one that I really thought would get you hot under the collar, Sam. Okay. This is the... Hang on, I've got to get the... I've, I've not... Um, I'm not sure I've actually seen this manufacturer on the road, but it's a Maxus. You seen? Ever heard of one of those, Sam? Mm, the name the rings a bell with. Yeah, it? okay. Maxus T90 EV. What do they normally make? Well, I'm sure you'll tell us. They're a Chinese manufacturer. They are bringing the first all-electric pickup truck to the UK. So if you're listening in America, you have the F-150 Lightning. So you have an EV pickup truck. In the UK, we don't have... Any manufacturer that has brought us solely an EV or an electric, you know, completely, complete, not hybrid or anything like that, but just completely electric. So Sam's smiling and nearly laughing. <laughs> because I've just, I've just found what Maxus make. Oh yeah, go and on. Do you know why I know it? And why you will know it as well? Does the name ring a bell to you at all? It did, but I couldn't think... Do you know why? Because they make gym equipment. Oh, it, well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Gym yeah, equipment, gym equipment. Pick, straight into pickup trucks. <laughs> you know those internal combustion weightlifting machines yes. that you use? So what's good about this Maxus is nothing. It, <laughs> it's going to have about 200 horsepower. That's so, loads. So it will be unable to move itself. <laughs> but... More embarrassingly for it, it's a pickup truck. Now, Sam, you'll know this because you've worked yeah. with commercial stuff all the time. If you own a pickup truck, one of the big benefits, and this is the same probably across all of the countries that people are listening in, one of the benefits is that you usually fall into like a commercial class for tax and insurance and everything yeah, else. Yeah. Well, this pickup truck cannot hold a thousand kilos. <laughs> so it's... It, because its load capacity is below a thousand kilos, it is not classed in the UK as a commercial vehicle. It's just ah, a car. Lovely. So you have to pay all the well, yeah, all the relevant stuff. Yeah. It's an EV, so at least it doesn't have to pay any tax. But you know, everything else that goes along with it, you can't. Like this is probably quite crucial. I'd say maybe for some people, you can't claim the VAT back on it. Oh, fantastic! So you've really got to want one. 
uh, it has a towing capacity of unknown because they haven't told because it doesn't tow anything. They 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 are not announcing <laughs> what its tow capacity is, but at least its range is not the best. <laughs> I wanted to say awful, but it, that would be unkind. Seven uh, ninety six. No, no. See, it's better than that. One hundred and fifty. It's not as good as that. One hundred and twenty. Uh, close. One hundred twenty five. Very much closer. One hundred twenty six. Not. Quite that close. 124. No. 128. No. 130. Yes. 130 combined range up to 200 miles range if you around the town. Yes. <laughs> um, that's got to be one of the only pickup trucks I've ever heard of that is a full-size pickup truck. Yeah. Say not full Again, I just said because we do have people listening in the US. Not full-size to you because that's an F-150. And above F two fifty, F three fifty, etc. It's the little baby one for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it would be like a Ranger size, yeah. <laughs> uh, Amarok size, the sort of thing you'd look at and go, "Ah, oh, cute." Because here we can have like um, that thing. That, do you, you, I think you have one at work that's got like a pickup bed on the back of basically oh, yeah, a quadricycle. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just because of that, we we do have that classification. But because it can't do any of the things that a pickup truck is supposed to do, <laughs> I did also see it. It looks. Quite interesting. It's it's um it's not bad actually from a looks perspective. It just doesn't look like something particularly attractive. <laughs> I think they're not announcing prices, but given that it's an EV and it's a pickup truck, if it's less than forty thousand pounds, I'd be shocked. Oh yeah. Definitely. So um it's expensive. It'll probably be something ridiculous like sixty two. Yeah, so it's probably expensive. But then again, it's it's a Chinese company, so maybe they'll be cheaper because generally, you know, Chinese stuff is, is cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But you can't claim the VAT back on it if you're a workman. It's not something you would buy. Like some people will buy an Amarok or a Ranger as their vehicle. Yeah, you're not going to buy it for that. You're not going to buy it as a personal vehicle, really. Um, and you're not going to be someone who, for example, owns a company and thinks, oh, I can get a tax break if I have the pickup truck because you can't. So you're not going to buy it for work. Not gonna You're not going to buy it for personal. Range will drop dramatically if it can tow anything. I'm sure it can, but they won't tell us how much. And its capacity is less than a thousand kilos. So if you'd put, say, half a ton in the back of it, it would probably have a much, much reduced range. It's a, it's <laughs> yeah, a, it will actually go down to 75. It, it's a double <laughs> cab as well. So you have four people in it. I actually, the only thing I really regret, I don't know, I don't know its weight. But it, being that it's an electric well, the vehicle... the weight will probably be quite long while you're <laughs> charging it every yeah, two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that if it weighed, for example, uh, two and a bit tonnes, and you did put 500 kilos in the back, and you did put four people in it, you start to, again, get to this issue of total the, weight. The, rug, the rugby player The scenario. rugby player <laughs> scenario, yeah. So, anyway, on to one last car, and this is a car that I know will get Sam excited, because he's been going on for quite a long time about how he wants a car... With an interesting name. Right. <laughs> stared at me. <laughs> uh, Aura, O-R-A. Okay. He's making a vehicle for the UK called the Funky Cat. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> My fiance would buy that. Yeah, she would. And do you know what? When I saw it, I thought, oh, I might actually send that to Cat. Because yeah. she should buy one of these. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of... Well, I say it's a lot of money. It's kind of... It looks like... A Mini and a Fiat 500X, you know, the big Fiat 500. Oh, wow. Had, a great car. Had offspring, and this is it. 
Interesting. So it's been copied, basically. Not copied, that's, un- that's unkind to say, but it's just the styling cues are a little bit, like you can see other companies, not so much in the back, but in the front, if you ever look at it online. So it's a O-R-A, so Aura, and then Funky Cat. <laughs> um, electric vehicle, about the size of a ID3, a Golf sort of size. Well, best of luck to him. But oh, I hope they I hope they do well. I mean, to be honest, it looks a bit interesting, so I wouldn't mind seeing a few of them on the road. The one that I saw was purple. Okay. So if you have one of those, you live in London. Well, it's always nice to see different things on the road. So exactly, I'd, and I'd hope to see that Maxus as well. It's just you know when you you're looking at something, you're thinking, okay, there's well, okay, that's not gone its way, but I'm sure there's something else that will go its way. Maybe that has you know we have this when we talk about EVs and we say, well, the range isn't great, but and then there's usually something. Not the mini, yeah. The the mini only has what was it? You brought it up, Sam. Was it 130, uh, 140 miles? Yeah, of range? something ridiculous. But it has quite a small battery, so top ups are quite quick. Yeah, compared to something like that BMW we talked about, where <laughs> yeah. it's going to take thirteen or fourteen hours or sixteen hours, sorry, to charge. At least the mini. I know it's not got huge range, but you can genuinely nip through coffee, put it on a fast, a, a rapid charger, I should say, one of the sort of fifty kilowatts. Yeah, and come back and it be charged. Hmm. Whereas if you've got one of these big things, you're going to have to go, well, for a full meal and then yeah. a short shop. And, <laughs> and by the time you've done that, you know, you, you, maybe you're out with your partner and she said, oh, do you know what? There's actually something else I want to see. And you think, if I just bought myself a different car, I wouldn't currently be sat in, I don't know, John Lewis looking at a toaster for £400 thinking what am I doing in my life? Yeah. So <laughs> I'd be at home. Well, I want yeah, to. Exactly. Watching the football or something. Yeah. Like, you know, you're thinking <laughs> yeah. it's, it's half past three and I actually... I would have the excuse of, look, we came out to do your thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Can we go home and do my thing? I want to see the football or whatever it else you yeah, might yeah. be, or the Formula One for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you think I can't use that excuse because my partner's going to throw back at me. Well, the car oh, isn't charged. Yeah. <laughs> it's and you wanted to buy it. Yeah, you said it's got to be out there for two hours on that thing to get half a. D- so yeah. Anyway, um, those are my three cars that I wanted to start <laughs> off with, and I, I hope, I hope the Maxus. Uh, comes up and they they sort of say oh actually we've we've upgraded it because sometimes that happens yeah yeah this is a press release yeah so th- it's not anywhere near ready yet oh, well so. they've built a f- oh, this is the, they've built a full car and they've put it on a stand and yeah it's so in it's that not ready sort, yet. <laughs> it, yeah but it's in that sort of final phase whereas it, when they sort of say look here's a concept they get a feeler and then oh yeah whereas then this, you know it's not going to look like that yeah this isn't that this is a fully built vehicle. And that, that's on a stand ready yeah, to go. See, that, that's concerning. It's concerning <laughs> when you think, well, could you not get a. I mean, like, if you could say, look, it doesn't carry loads of things, but it is electric and it's a pickup. So if you don't need all these, you know, if you don't need to carry a lot of. St- I mean, I'm trying to think what your need is for a pickup. Stop trying to make excuses for them. It's a rubbish idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, it's only as bad as that Renault. <laughs> yeah. They're three rubbish ideas yes. that you're trying to compare against each other. Worst all. Yeah, I know, yeah. But the the Renault was just, I was quite surprised because I hadn't heard of it. And then I realised why I haven't heard of it. It's because they were very keen, apparently in 2017, about getting this out there. And, you yeah. know, oh, this is what we've done. And everyone's getting on the bandwagon of making uh, pickups. So why shouldn't we? And um, well, it didn't go well, did it? Quietly just saying, actually, you know what? It's not for us. That proper Homer Simpson thing where he's disappearing back into the hedge. In the hedge, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Okay. That's fine, Sam. So we, I can, I can tick those off and we can talk about Ineos now. Into the serious meat of the cast, the cast of pods. Well, it was interesting for me because I was writing something uh, about uh, they're releasing 
or they at least have made it clear that they plan to make a second vehicle, which is going to be a smaller version of the one that's just about to come out, but all electric. Right, okay. And they haven't got a name for it yet. They haven't got a release and all this sort of stuff. So we'll talk about that. But it, it made me think, oh, what about the the sort of main one? And, and I, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought the Grenadier, which is their first vehicle they're releasing, was all yep. electric. But it's not. It is not. And then I thought, I don't, I don't actually know a lot of details on it. So I gave that task to Sam. I thought, actually, let's talk you about gave, the podcast. You gave the task to Sam two, three minutes before starting. <laughs> I gave you that long. <laughs> I don't think so. I was trying to be kind. I've got some basic stats for you. Um, well, let's just, just cover off for a minute. It is just the Ineos Grenadier. It's not, there's nothing else to the name. Yeah. So, so Ineos is the manufacturer. Yeah. Grenadier is the, the model. Yeah, it, looked, okay. it looks a little bit like a um, Mercedes G-Wagon. Yes, that's the market they're going for with this yeah. thing. It's, the, it's a direct competitor for a Land Rover Defender 110-130 yeah. or the uh, G-Class Mercedes. Yeah, pretty much. So prices start, do you know what prices start from? I do not, Sam. Oh, do you want to have a guess? Ooh. So entry level and top spec. If there's not, there's 10,000 between them, which isn't 70, too much, to be fair. No, cheaper. Oh, good. Okay, I was going to say, I hope it's cheaper. 47 and a half. Uh, close, I'll give you it, 49. 49 okay. for entry level and then okay. 59 for top spec, which to be fair... What's the difference? Ten that? grand between them. I, I haven't got okay, that that's information. Fine. Yeah, go on. Go um, on. But go ten, on. Gra- 10 grand between them, compared to a lot of manufacturers, isn't actually that bad, if we're being honest. Yeah, that's fair. Is it the you same know, engine? Uh, Is it like spec for £10,000? That's what I'm just wondering if it's... I have the sentence here, all Grenadier models come yeah. with either a three-litre, straight-six, petrol or diesel engine from BMW. Okay, so it's not... Yeah, so, so the it's not like a V8 and a seems, V6. No, it seems like it's going to be the same. I would That's say probably pretty you much pitch. what I've got. So the basic... I'll do, I'm literally just reading a sentence here, so I'll try not to sound as monotonous as it can do. The basic two-seater commercial version costs £49,000, for this, oh, that's the commercial version. Oh, I wonder if that's get, you can have the VAT back on it. Maybe. <laughs> for this, you get a stripped-out off-roader with permanent all-wheel drive and enough space in the rear for a Euro pallet. Which, oh, that would... Go on. Well, it's good in one aspect, but I remember when I was looking at getting a van years ago, Yeah. I was told, if you can, avoid a Ford Transit Connect because you can get a Euro pallet in the back of them. So a ton. Oh, you're talking about used. Yeah. A used so, so a ton has been put in the back of that on a pallet. Possibly. Possibly. Pen- yes. You, you don't the, know. Yeah. The caddy I ended up going for, you can't fit that in. Right. So you know that, right? People can still just get a little excavator and chuck a load of soil in the back of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's less likely to have been used as a haulage vehicle. Yes, that's a really if that good makes point. Sense. But so, that means that uh, this could wh- carry... whether there's any truth to that whether it matters or not, I, d- I don't know. But I have always been wary of anything that is advertised as being able to fit a pallet in the back of. Used. If you're buying it new, then fine. Oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, I mean, but it's a top tip used, for our listeners. Used, you're talking at looking at rear springs and stuff because obviously yes. they've just been under load yeah. constantly. And, well, and the I don't know what the... What, what was the setup? Was it just springs and like a... a um, I've lost the word. But just the hunk of metal at the back or was it actually, so, yeah. it actually have struts and stuff i'm like not 100 percent sure no but okay i never i can't think of being behind like underneath your van ever at the back no to look no 
but it doesn't matter. Um, production for this car, the uh, Ineos, starting July 2022. I was going to say, it's so, weeks away. Yeah, we're literally talking very soon. That was um, the thing that... The Hard-wearing cool. interior, and then used BMW engines. It's, well, sorry, used is BMW engines. Yeah. Not used ones. <laughs> just chucking half, <laughs> just half worn well, engines yeah, in Yeah, sorry, you've done 50,000. We'll put that in there. Yeah. Uh, it's been rebuilt in France, I think. I can't remember exactly where. Yeah, annoyingly, I, I, well, as I showed you, I found out how to screenshot more than a page, but yes. I, I only screenshotted half the article. Okay. Because you, are, you asked me to basically come up with the prices of the engines, which yeah. I did. <laughs> so the couple of interesting things about them is that they've been quite committed to hydrogen fuel cells. At least that's what they've, they've been saying. They're going to develop that technology, which I think is probably oh, okay. why I was thinking they were an all-electric company, but they're not. As, as you said, they're going to do a six-cylinder petrol and diesel which makes sense because what the CEO has said on launch is basically that as he sees it, there's going to be a transition to you know clean, uh, zero tailpipe. I say clean, but zero tailpipe emission in urban areas. Yeah. And he said the thing is, yes, in countryside and farmers, stuff like that, there, there's an argument going both ways because if a farmer only uses his vehicle around the field or her vehicle around the field, mm -hmm. then... They don't need 200 miles of range. You know, the, the, the work they're going to do in a day is going to be less than 100 miles. It's going to be yeah. hard work. But what it actually needs to be able to do is be very capable in mud and hills and, you know. Yeah. And when you've got all-wheel drive with electric motors you know, powering it, you can actually get, I would say, Range Rover-esque, but, you know, that, that sort of top level of the companies that really know what they're doing yeah, with yeah. four-wheel drives you can kind of get those grip levels to come through because you don't need diffs and all this sort of stuff. You're just feeding it in through the motors and you can program that with software and it means you can make it cheaper and et cetera, et cetera. So the argument was that actually, as much as they won't necessarily need to go electric in the countryside areas as quickly, and range is still important, especially if you're commuting. Yeah. If he's going to sell vehicles uh, in cities then he needs to be offering a, uh, an EV. And yeah, their answer to that was that they just couldn't quite see. And I, I agree with them. I just can't quite see, without trying to be negative on it, everyone being plugged in in a city. Like, I think of London, and I think of, you know, this whole thing, oh, we're going to have lampposts where you charge your car from because so many people park on the street. Not many people have driveways who live in yeah, London. Yeah. A lot of people live in apartments. You just think, you know... If people go and scratch people's cars with the keys, you know, go and key their cars, then, you know, you just think, what morons, why are they doing that? Well, could, you know, someone just decide, I'm going to unplug all these cars in the middle of the night. Yeah, you, know? you have to come up with technology where you have to, like, use the key to unplug it then. But still, people are only going to come along and just damage them some other way. Yeah, right? so there's that. There's, there's maliciousness. But there's also, I've lived in an area where, it, you know, I didn't have any parking. It was on-street parking. And... You would be not fighting for a space, but you get home at, say, seven, eight o'clock when everyone else has come home from work and they've parked up for the evening and they're not going to move their car because they've got a good space. Yeah. And you end up parking three streets away just to get any space because that's the way of the world, you know, especially with these older terraced houses that the UK has in a lot of their city and town centres. And there was probably, I don't know, let's say four, maybe five lampposts on each side of the street with about 25 cars mm -hmm. lined across them. So if all those cars, I mean, you'd need at least, and I'd say at least 10 for every 20 cars, that you know, one to two, mm -hmm. because 
if you're going to charge up overnight, you can't just say, oh, well, we'll put three there and then you can all swap. Because if well, I'm who's coming... Gonna, who's going to get up for the 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. shift? Exactly. And also, if I if I can get a space near my home when I live in a... You know, if you live in a terraced home... Yeah. But it's got the charger on it and I don't need to charge, I'm just going to plug it in and park there. Yeah. Because I, 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 I'd love to say... I'm knocking my own notes here... Uh, I'd love to say that people would be great and they would say, no, I don't need to charge today and they'll go and park four streets away. Yeah, but they won't. But they won't. They'll park in that space. So you have to have them really available with really long... And you again, do you want to leave cables hanging out over pavements? or So you have to then make sure it's off in different areas. You've yep. got all the insurance to consider. What about if someone's crossing the road? What about if they trip over a wire, fall in front of a car? Well, not even that. It's the grid needs to be able to cope with it. There's that, and that, that's the other big... What part of this is that, um, and I don't want to talk about politics, but the government have asked two, in the UK this is, they've asked two coal plants that they were going to close in the next sort of six months to continue operation now. Because there's right. an energy crisis, I'm sure I don't need to tell everyone about that. It, apart from there isn't in the UK where we've got a glut of natural gas. Yeah. Genuinely, we have <laughs> yeah, a yeah. glut of natural We have so much natural gas stored in the UK that we can't get it out into Europe. Because we've got too much, as in, like we can, but we can't get the glut going. Yeah. Yeah, we're paying. <clears throat> uh, it just that baffles me. But <laughs> and people will think these guys are mad. They don't know what they're talking about. Just search it, and you'll find very reputable news media sites that will say, "Yeah, no, we've got we've got a glut, and we're yeah. trying to get rid of it, so that we can then say, look, we haven't got anything.'" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, the point being that if you're going to create more energy. And at the minute you're asking coal plants, or can you just extend your life a little bit longer? And and Hinkley Point, uh, it's a nuclear plant in Somerset that was also, I think, going to be decommissioned so they could go on to a different nuclear. Uh, okay. They've asked them to extend their life a little bit more as well. Again, because at the minute the world is in a bit of a mm -hmm. upside down way with energy. So then at the same time, be saying, right, everyone plug in. It really yeah, frustrates if we, if we, me. If we can't handle it what we need currently why are we adding yeah everybody pretty much doubling what they use effectively it just it frustrates me that there's a lot of we'll be having rolling blackouts again <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh we've got all these answers okay are they like it's, it would be like some if a, if you're at school and you say oh miss i've got the answer to the question and you go and she'd say okay you've got the answer uh, you haven't got the answer right by the way but it, you're nearly there where's all your workings oh i didn't bother I just sort of guessed. Yeah, I just wrote it down. It's in my head. My and working's in my head. Half the time when people talk about, well, this is the answer, and you kind of think, yeah, I can see, I can see what you're saying, and I agree with it. You know, if we can have uh, city centres, you know, you get all the buses and the taxis and all the lorries and the vans that go through them and have, you know, if you could reduce 50, 60, 70% of the emissions from tailpipes, because it's pollution, that's what people breathe. We don't mm -hmm. have to talk about the polar ice caps. It's just, if you're in a city centre, that's what you breathe. We can get a large portion of it out in a reasonably cost-effective way, and accept you know, and make it so that people can charge up and everything else. Yeah, great. But you're jumping straight to the answer without saying, okay, how do we actually make that work? And have we got enough power surging into our capital and into the major cities already yeah. to feed it? But no, we don't. <laughs> and they just fence the problem out, and they go, oh well, the energy companies will have to sort that. It's like yeah, but then the energy companies say, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Um, yeah, we might need a little extra time, you know, yeah. and quite reasonably, you can't expect, I, I have not had the best time with energy companies over the last year and a half, but <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't expect them to say, yeah, so we've got a hundred billion and we'll just, we can do it in three days. 
that's not how their business yeah, model exactly. works. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can't go to anybody at work and say, I need you to double your output. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. And um, go, oh, okay. I'll just work for 24 hours tomorrow then. And, and if you <laughs> could keep prices the same while you do it. Yeah, yeah that would be, that in fact, great. if you could drop them, that would be really yeah. good. So all I'm, all, the only point I make with that is, is just that you need to have a mixed answer. And Grenadier, going back to them, their answer is they're looking at hydrogen fuel cells. So still zero emission at the tailpipe because it's a, you know, you're running off um, electric well, motors. We need to remember that electricity is not carbon neutral. You have not, to create the electricity. And we're, we are creating electricity by using coal and gas. Yeah, the only everything else that we're using. The only way at the moment, if you look at it this way, if you've got a uh, you know good amount of solar uh, and wind on your that's, home, that's fine. If we produce, but enough. the problem with no, no, I'm talking about individually. Oh, okay. That's the only way you can guarantee it. Some people, I worked in the energy industry for a couple of years. Some people buy and they're lied to, and it's uh, really used to oh, get out my nose. Green energy. Yeah. yeah, and they say you're on a green tariff, and I know for a fact you cannot be if you're living in the UK. You've got a green tariff. Call up your energy provider and say, hi, could I just get the location of where my green energy is coming from, please? And they'll say, oh, okay. Just to make it clear, your energy, where you are, is not actually made. You know, it's made through coal or it's made through natural gas because that's what's in your area and we haven't transitioned yet. But you are paying for someone else's electricity who's in an area that is getting green energy and they're paying for yours. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't answer any. You haven't answered any problem at all. No, you've just no, just it's just clever marketing. It is, and it really Which is the same with the me. government and their plug-in promise because it's it's just winning votes by it saying, is. "Oh, everyone has to drive electric cars, and we'll make everyone." Oh, well, how are you going to do it? Well, we don't know yet, but we're going to make it. Yeah, we've got we'll a plan. Do it. We've got a plan, but it's one of those plans that we might do a U-turn on. That's like me coming to you and saying, "Right, to, oh, Miles, next week I'm buying a Ferrari," and you going, "Oh, that's that's brilliant, mate. How are you doing it?" Well, I don't know. I haven't got any money, but I will be buying a Ferrari next week. Will you support me in this? Well, of course I'll support you, mate. But how are you going to do it? Well, you don't need to worry about that. I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You just That's come up with the answer. What the energy companies, the government, and all of the the big because people they want make the, the promises are doing. Yeah, because you want the investment, and that's all well and good. You know, we we want to invest in companies, especially it's short term promises for short term gain. Yeah, and ultimately, if if we are going to sort of say, look, the world's on, you know, needs our help, blah blah blah. If we if you, I'm not putting that out as my view i'm just saying if that is your view it's the world problem mm. it's not where i live on this street problem and this is where if we go back to electric cars if you have solar panels all over and a wind uh, outside your ha- house and you know your energy is coming from those sources and then you plug in your car it will take you a bit longer because you've got to produce all that energy and car batteries take i mean if you think most households use between let's just say between five and ten some use a bit less, some use a bit more. Yeah. Well, a car battery is between 50 to 110 kilowatts, that kilowatt hours battery. Mm-hmm. So you need to fill that up. And if you can only make enough energy, say, in a day to get, say, 30 kilowatts through, then it's going to take three days to charge. Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm not being negative about it. I'm just putting the, the bare bones of the situation out there. Well, yeah, but it's not this, this all seeing, all conquering solution to the problem that no. that people are presenting it as and i would say that it's not this isn't actually having to go at electric cars because what grenadier is saying is why don't we do hydrogen fuel cell so we still run off electricity yeah but and it's the same toyota have done with the mirai which got pulled from uk sale and is now back on at selected dealers because it's infra- it's an infrastructure issue you know you can only fill up with 
uh, hydrogen in 10 places in the whole of the UK. You're not going to buy one. It's as simple as that. Yeah. At least electricity, even, you know, if you run out, you can, at worst case, plug into someone's three pin and get three or four miles of charge over mm-hmm. a few hours and get yourself to a fast charge. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, if, you're, you know, if your nearest hydrogen station is 150 miles away, not yeah. many people just driving around with spare hydrogen for you. No, that is very so, fair. But well, I quite like that they have an answer. They're saying they'll have a prototype Grenadier hydrogen electric vehicle by the end of this year to test. Whether it will go on sale is a bit up in the air because, again, they fall under the same issue that Toyota have had. You can build the, the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's the same issue Tesla had uh, 15 years ago. They had an electric vehicle and they said, look, it works. And you know what? It doesn't have too bad of miles and it, it's put together all right and you can drive it. And people said, okay, where do I charge it? And so Tesla had to go out and say, okay, we'll build the charge network then. Yeah, and that's exactly. what sold them so many cars because they could say, look, we have the solution to the problem that is presented. Yeah. It, now, the only next issue is, okay, how can you do it clean, you know, so the whole process start to finish is as clean as possible. That's a separate argument. We won't go into that. But it's just a point to say, fair play to Grenadier. Oh, yeah. And they, they say their second vehicle they're talking about will be a full EV. It looks like it'll be a battery EV, a plug-in. Mm-hmm. I think because they're saying that they don't think they're, they're working with Hyundai for this hydrogen technology. And it's sort of like, you know, you can't put it all on Ineos. They're a new company. They need to sell cars, ultimately, which is why they've got a BMW you know, petrol and diesel engine. They need yeah. to just... Yeah. sell vehicles well and, they've got to make money somewhere to, yeah. to to then progress with what you actually want to do the, the easiest way it's going to do that is to provide something where people go oh i understand that and i know that and i can buy that and run it yeah it's if you say oh it's fantastic new technology it's a bit inconvenient for you well it's very inconvenient for you but it, even plug-in people can kind of get and they can go okay i can kind of make that work but when you say it's hydrogen there's only a few places you can fill up you can't carry yeah, you extra need, with you because you, you need know, to have some answers for those problems. Yeah. Um, and in time, we may we may get that. It frustrates me a little bit that you're seeing oil companies building like charging stations, but not building hydrogen stations. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, they already have the infrastructure, as in they have storage tanks in the ground underneath petrol pumps. Yeah. For cars to drive in, fill up, and drive off. Yeah. So it's kind of already there. You need to do a little bit of work, but it's kind of there and the place to do it is. And instead they're sort of saying, well, why don't we build completely new charging areas, which is kind of like, well, yeah, but you could just put, instead of having a charging area, why don't you just put one on every street corner? And, yeah. And I know, it, you know, you could put a shell sign on it. I know they want to obviously keep it as their thing. So you still have to go to... Uh, well, yeah, because BP, it's all about profits. Texaco, you know, you still have to drive there. Yeah. Whereas if you put it on every street corner, which would be the easier answer, I would have thought. Yeah, well, you can still brand it, like you said, can't you? Yeah, so. you just brand it. And that's what, you know, you think of old petrol pumps. You remember what the, you can buy those vintage ones, mm-hmm. what they used to look like? You just put one of those on a corner, well, they put a had, flag off the top of it. They all had branding on them, so. Exactly, yeah. While they, while they won't do that, I don't know. Um, there must be a business case to not do it, because otherwise... Makes sense to me. I mean, councils wouldn't get in the way. Oh, no, no. No council wants to be the council that the news pick up and say, this council is blocking the adoption of electric cars. So yeah, they have to sort precisely. of... Precisely. Oh, no. You know, we're putting one on literally every street corner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the headline, isn't it? You know, so 
I, I, I hope Grenadier gets somewhere with that, and I hope they're able to offer a few options because I'm sure plug-in will work for some people. And as the energy mix gets cleaner and cleaner, in at least uh, countries that have that viability to do so, then gets cleaner and cleaner. Just the issue of worldwide. But admittedly, Grenadier are not saying we want to sell a load of cars in you know some developing parts of Asia or Africa or South America or whatever else. They're just saying, right, we've got a rugged vehicle we want to sell to you know, Europeans, people that want a Defender, people that want a Mercedes. Yeah, I don't know that there's many people who are in Rwanda at the minute going, <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just cross shopping between a, a G Class, a Defender. Or uh, 2003 Mercedes, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not a wide load of people doing that, is there? No. So that's uh, that's the big bit on Ineos, Sam. Anything else that you had on Ineos, Sam? Did you have any sort of power figures or anything? No, I didn't. I okay. Didn't, I didn't get to those. I know the big sort of USP for them is rugged off-roader. Yeah, I think that's that's the market they're going for. I think. Which, if you're naming a car Grenadier... Yeah, it makes sense. You, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. couldn't you've, got, be a, you've got to back that up with some uh, yeah. some performance, haven't you? Couldn't really? be sort of a dainty two-seat convertible. It couldn't be that Dahatsu cappuccino thing. No, definitely <laughs> not, no. So the next thing I want to talk about is when Sam and I talk about reviewing cars, or at least when we, we try and put things into context for you, because sometimes I think what we're saying can get a little bit lost, and it's just to sort of put it all back into context that occasionally we'll use words that like luxury. Mm -hmm. or like fast and for example we did that five thousand pounds uh challenge of um sort of hot hatchbacks yeah and we're saying you know i said well twingo yeah that's that's a quick car and people listening are thinking there's a 130 horsepower shopping car it's quick in relevant terms isn't it it is and and it's all about what each thing offers you but sometimes you know if we were talking about you know that when we talked about supercars i said oh porsche lama that's quick and mm-hmm. because you're using the same word, it can get all a little bit lost and muddled. So I'd say that the key thing is, and Sam and I will try and do this more, is to put context into what we're talking about. Yeah, well, for example, the Renault Twingo, the one we were talking about, is it's quick for its class. Yeah. So, you know, you put it up against a Lamborghini, of course it's going to look like a shopping trolley. Yeah. But if you put it up against, I don't know, um, an original Mini, just thinking of size but you need something more relevant that's newer mini cooper s the newer ones yeah they're oh, no, just quite big they're yeah, more like it's... hot hatchbacks that um, um sort of we're sort of talking hyundai sort of Ford. well an i an i20 n i10 like, oh yeah but oh they don't do an n i see what you're saying yeah i20 n is probably a little bit bigger i'm trying Peugeot, to show 208 gti potentially that's quite small yes but even then it's it's a small it's, it's, it's small one of it is it's like a citroen saxo but i mean there's nothing <laughs> yeah Citroen it's almost a, it's almost out. in a class of its own, really. Today, because so oh, do you know what Fiat um, a bath? Uh, sorry, a bath five hundred or five nine five. A bath yeah. nine five nine five is yeah, that yeah. size. Yeah, that. so it's fast in that class. Ooh, that would have been a pick. I wonder if you can get those for less than five thousand pounds. I'll have a look. You waffle for so a couple the, of minutes. The point being that with that Twingo, for example, we're talking about within its class, that's actually a good pick and. Yeah, it's not going to be the fastest thing on four wheels, but there's the other element to this, which is when Sam and I are talking about off-roaders, for example. Well, a Defender is what I would class as going into the upper echelons of, of off-roading. I, it will, there is very few... No, you can't. You can't get a... No, cheapest one on auto trade is seven grand. For, oh, did you type in a bath or did you type in Fiat? A bath. 
Right, go because it was Fiat for a while. Oh, okay. Then they switched to a bath in like 2000 and... Oh, Please continue. Remember, yeah. Um, but so, for example, if we were talking about a Toyota Land Cruiser and a, and a Defender, what we're talking about is very, very capable off-roaders. So when we say, oh, it's weaknesses is here or there, you really are talking about the fringes of being able to do things. If we were talking about some crossover, Ford Puma, for example... If it could get into the muddy field and get around it, fair play. That would be the, the the starting point to test a defender, whereas that would be as far as something like a Ford Puma would really be tested. So there is this little bit of trying to get across to you all the upper limitations and the expectations of different classes of vehicles and what's particularly uh, what what's expected a lot of. I know if we say Ferrari, people go, oh, well, Okay, I expect that to be a very fast supercar. And oh, go on, Sam. Have you uh, on Auto Trader? You cannot type in Fiat five hundred and then model variant Arbath. Um, you can't. It's not a five. You can't. I, 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 it's not. A, you, there's nothing under the Fiat range. You can do Fiat Arbath, which can, is can you can I have your phone? Yes. He doesn't believe me. Will we get an apology on the podcast if I can no, find look, it? Right. <laughs> So I'll, I'll read really show me it at a Fiat, distance. Yeah. Fiat 124, 500, 500C, 500E, 500EC, 500E, 500E, 500X, 500X, Dolce Vita, Arbath. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a different car. That's £185,000. That's definitely not within the... <laughs> yeah. um, the Barchetta, Bravos, Cinquecento, oh, Coupe, yeah. Doblo, Ducato, Fiorino, Fullback. You get the idea. <laughs> idea. That's one of their models. Is it really? <laughs> Brilliant. You get the idea. It's, um yeah, then there's nothing else down there. Let's have a look. Okay, he doesn't believe me, so he's just going to waffle uh, around uh, with I my just, phone. Yeah, I just want the... um I, If there's an opportunity to get, to get an apology out of Sam... There isn't. You take it with both hands. He's basically going to do what I've done for the last couple of minutes and try and find a version to find an trader, but there isn't one. He's slowly realising that because his, his brow is furrowing as we speak <laughs> how do I go out of the and to be honest I can't even really feel for him because I don't so, know what he was talking about because I was concentrating on doing the auto trader thing see, so what do out. you want to talk about listeners what should we talk about Miles give us a topic hold on I can't I can't understand why the Fiat yeah uh, it's almost as if I was correct oh do you know what it is Sam uh, you were wrong I think I think you have a Dead space. Come on. It's, you've Can't. got an option select. It's because I think you must have had something selected from a previous search, like when you were searching TVR. Oh, right. We'll give it back here then. No, you were, no, no, you, no, no, no. You were actually talking about something, and I don't have anything to talk about because <laughs> I don't know what topic you were saying. Uh, you're not going to get an apology because I had the setting that I didn't know about. Yeah. Okay. Can you can you keep having a look <laughs> and see if you can find it? So. Again, if we say Ferrari to most people, like if I say Land Rover, you kind of get the idea because that's what they're known for. But sometimes we're talking about derivatives of cars, and I think it can become a bit unclear. And I think this is coming up a little bit more with price, particularly as we talk about electric vehicles, that sometimes Sam and I will say, oh, that's not bad. You know, that's quite good value. And we don't think of it as, would we actually pay that? And the more I've thought of this, and I've thought, would I pay that? For example, we were talking about... Uh, an electric vehicle a while ago, it was about 40-ish thousand pounds. And I thought about it after the podcast. I thought, you know what, there is no way 
that I would hand over that sort of money for that car. And I may have said that on the podcast, but it's one thing to say it because that's how you feel. It's another thing to say it because genuinely, if you were faced with having that budget and looking at the vehicle that you know you, that, that we were talking about at the time, you would say, I, don't, I cannot see the value there. And I think this is the big aspect of it. There's a value proposition. Something can be cheap that's very expensive because of its value. If you think of, if you went to go and buy a pair of Levi's jeans and it, they were £30, you'd say, well, they were really cheap. Whereas if you went to Primark, for example, and saw a pair of jeans for £10, you'd also say they were very cheap. Yeah, but but the quality is going to be different. The, the, there's a value perspective that makes £30, even though it's more money, cheap, compared to something that is cheaper than that. Yeah, and, and, and also if you went to in. Primark and saw a pair of jeans for £30, you'd probably say, well, they're quite expensive. Yes. So it's all down to what, what you're actually looking at. Also, just I'll jump in with the auto trader thing. So you had to go to our bath and go our bath 500 so you could it wasn't fiat 500 model variant our bath you went to our bath as the manufacturer okay and then you can either do an our bath 595 or an our bath 500 oh and if you do a bath 500 it's then the older ones and there was three under five grand what age, what age were they just out of interest um, like were they like 2008 yeah i'm trying to think what when they first came out i don't so the auto trader have actually moved the original Fiat 500 of baths to be a baths now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2010, 2209, 2009. 2009. Yeah, so the Fiat ones. 2010, okay. 2010. Yeah. So top tip for listeners there. If you are in the market for one and you think, oh, well, where's the early ones? I've, you know, I haven't got huge amounts to spend. You need to search our bath and then search for a 500 rather than searching Fiat and then trying to find it that way. Yeah, which in fairness is probably correct because there are no Fiat badges on it. So... Let's have a look. Well, the, I, I'm sure you're right. I just yeah. I'm trying well, to, I'm the badge, trying to the badge on the head. steering wheel is an R bath badge. The badge on the front is an R bath badge. The badge on the back is an R bath badge. The badge on the Can wheels. Can you just go to a different one just to make sure that person hasn't put them on there? Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you're right, but I don't want to say it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, e- even the wheels are R bath badges. So on there's the no wheels. Fiat badges on there. That's fine. Uh, let me just check the steering wheel for this one. It's one of those annoying auto trader adverts where there's eighty-five thousand pictures. pictures of this the is what outside. I used to do for a living. <laughs> then, then a load of, oh, that one didn't even have a picture of the interior. No, why would you want that? <laughs> this one's got twenty-three pictures too, but the second one is the interior, horrible red leather, and oh, yeah, just an our bath badge on the that's steering wheel, white with red leather. I like yeah, that. that's horrendous in every possible way. Again, this is where we've said it on the podcast many times. Well, yeah, I have taste, and Miles is blind. That's uh, Sam's take on it. I have a different way of looking at it. Well, the blind man does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do want to keep getting that across because I think value is being lost in a lot of car reviews in general today. I think people talk about price or power or miles per gallon or efficiency. Which is all they're interested in. Yeah. And they have let, allowed the price to drift off into the never-never where people say, that's not good value. For example, and you know, I've said many a times I was a car salesman years ago, when I sold Mazdas and I could sell a top of the range Mazda 6, which was the big saloon that we had, that's the saloon that we had, I say it's a big saloon. It, yeah. It's sort of a, I'd say slightly bigger than a 3 Series, not as big as a 5 Series BMW. Yeah, only just smaller probably, yeah. Yeah. And that car topped out for our sort of sport with the heated, I think heated was standard, I'm trying to think what was. Nav. Uh, it was a Nav, yeah, it was Sport Nav. There was Sport and Sport Nav. I think were the top models you could buy with at the time I think the 2.5 petrol was the very top of the 
no one bought it. Everyone bought the 2.2 diesel because those were the times we were living in. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it topped out at something like £26,000. That was mental, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was leather, metallic paint, that was heated seats, that was Bose sound system, navigation. They were nice cars. You had one as a I had one company as a company car. vehicle. And yeah, I really liked it. I think you really liked it when I got well, that car. Well, yeah, we, we seemed like we were doing dodgy Six, dealings yeah. because we, we were quite like we were young. successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, we seemed like we were doing bad things that you shouldn't be doing in the evenings on the streets. Yes. <laughs> well, it was black, which probably didn't help it. Yeah. Um, but it was a, and it was a fully loaded. Uh, and I, I <laughs> yeah. remember being with you, snotty nosed as we were at about 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And turned up to that, obviously, at McDonald's drive through. And yeah. I just remember the guy who obviously had. Blo- with, with, with music playing. Oh, yeah. Because we were young. Yeah. I, just, I'll come on to a, If you just remind me of that in a second, yeah. I'll come on to a separate story. Uh, and the guy, obviously, was doing the drive throughs, he's looked a couple of cars down so he knows, you know, what's coming. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously seen this car because when I've rolled up in it, he's just sort of paused for a second, like. The people in this car don't match the car itself. No, not at all. You know, like if you thought of a a green Range Rover with cream leather, you'd expect someone with a smoking jacket. Well, you'd expect someone like Jeremy Clarkson to get out. Yes, exactly, yeah. This was like someone who was 18 getting out one of those with a sports jacket on. Yeah, you know, it just full tracksuit. It it didn't (laughs) fit the car, but that was a a brilliant vehicle. The the funny part I had was it that someone came in and it was a 2.2 diesel sport. So it was a top spec diesel one that I had. Yeah. And uh, someone came in as a company car. You know, very nice woman. I think she was about the age of your mum at the time. She was in the sort of same sort of deal. You know, she was constantly getting a new car every three years. So yeah. she'd had 20 odd company cars in her career. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I had a Mazda, you know, 12, 15 years ago. Someone said these were quite good. Uh, the top spec ones on my list could have a drive of it. And, uh, I think I can tell where this story's going. We, we got chatting and my manager said, oh, um, it's quite late in the day because she'd come in at, say, half five. It was quite late in the day and we, at the time, had just started offering, I think, 24-hour test drives. And so mm-hmm. we said to her, if you want it for 24 hours, it was my car, my company car, but it was also a demonstrator and anyone who's worked in the trade knows that horrible feeling of, yes, you pay for it, through your company tar- car taxation but it's also the demonstrator so it has to go out constantly which means you get it cleaned yeah on demand and usually you can you know get it filled up and stuff like that so there's benefits but sometimes like in this case you've got some personal things in there like it was a cd at the time <laughs> yeah. and uh, she came back that so yeah she took the car for the, the evening she said that was great she was going to go out with her husband that night and go for dinner and whatever else and it would give her a chance and i said yes no problem we had a an MX-5 or something that was spare, I could just take that home for the night. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And she came back the next day and she goes, I like your music. <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of way. I wasn't quite sure about track number four. No, that, that was... that was, N-dubs or that something. Was, yeah, she was like, that was a bit strong for me. But the other stuff was very uh, encouraging. <laughs> it's just a very nice... And we, we had a great laugh about it. And in the end, she actually bought my demonstrator. Oh, wow. Because okay. she was... I said company car. It was a, a car allowance. Yeah. Um, but within the car allowance, she had restrictions. Some people will know this where they'll say, for example, you can have a car allowance, but you have to have four doors. You have to have, you know. Yeah. So you can't just go out and buy a Porsche with it, basically, mm-hmm. something like that. And hers was a bit more restrictive. She had to have a saloon or an estate, and it had to be one of like four colors for residual value. It was a really odd. I don't know why it was so restricted, but they basically said instead of us, you know, telling you 
go out there with these restrictions because it'd be really difficult if you weren't into cars to actually know. Oh, yeah. They sort of gave a preferred list and this car happens to be on there. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But, yeah, in the end, she said, well, when's your, when does your car come up for sale? Because I really like... You know, she spent the evening mm-hmm. and driven around and she just really liked this car and it had all the spec. And I said, actually, the number plates are changing in a, in a month's time or something like that. This car will be for sale, guttingly for me, because I've got to go and try and uh, get my way into something as nice and it's not yeah. going to happen because I've had the nice car now. I have to, we sort yeah, of rotated yeah, you, the yeah. worst car, the middle car, the mm-hmm. best car and between the salesmen we, we rotated. So that was the, me coming to the end of having the, the sort of pick, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just left the deposit there and then. Took it. Oh, that's, that's really good. good. But what I want to say with that is that there was a value aspect to it. So when you say this is a quick car, for that money, for that type of vehicle, that car went. It, it did. It, it, yeah, yeah. And for a luxury that you could have for it, if you'd gone to a BMW showroom and said, I've got this amount of money, what can I have? They'd have shown you a base three series like your mum had with a tape deck in it. Yeah. So there's a, there was a value perspective where you'd say, yes, if you compared this car off to a, a top-loaded three series, then it is a bit slower. And it, it, it does feel... Uh, it doesn't quite have the luxury feel. It's nearly there, but it doesn't quite have the luxury feel of a you know, German prestige brand. However, you're paying a lot more for that. And that yeah. sometimes gets lost in these conversations that it's more about value. In fact, if I think about all the people I sold cars to, most of them were concerned more with value than overall price. Some people want the cheapest thing they can buy. There is that. Yeah. And I sold a, a, a Mazda 6 absolutely base spec we could not get rid of it <laughs> and the car was being facelifted and this was a pre-facelift so we pre-registered it right to the dealer we were really struggling and the guy came all the way from northern ireland wow to pick it because we were selling it i'd say three thousand pounds cheaper than a used one right i okay. mean admittedly you know a used one that only done a few thousand miles and you know was of the same sort of age but this is a dealer car that had been sat on the forecourt mm-hmm. i think i'd driven it three times like it wasn't used as a demonstrator it was just we need to because the facelift is coming out we can't yeah. use the old model yeah, to demonstrate yeah exactly yeah yeah um and, and this guy turned up and uh, there was a i don't know how it happened there was a scratch on the inside of the door oh wow okay and he was oh, like yeah, i think i think uh, you've told me this I probably, yeah i may have even said it on the podcast i think but, you may have and i sort of said look it is what it is yeah <laughs> and but he was when we talk about value he wanted a vehicle that was you know, that met his requirements for the cheapest possible amount of money. Yeah, and which that's, he did. That's what he got, yeah, and then he was happy with that. Uh, for most people, though, when you're talking about and you say, oh, you know, an Audi S3, that's a quick car, that's quite a fun car, and you're saying, well, yeah, because if you're in the crossover point between wanting prestige and fast... Yeah, well, you're paying for the badge, aren't you? You're, you're paying for the badge because you could buy a Golf GTI and have nearly all of those things. And if you're buying a Golf GTI... There's other manufacturers that compete with them, and you you can work your way down. Well, of course you can, but it's like anything. You, I think the lessons take away is you look at fashion, and you could buy a tracksuit that you buy from Sports Direct that's not branded for let's just say for it's argument's a good example, sake, twenty actually, pounds. Like yeah. Or you can go and buy a I don't know what good ones are nowadays, but uh, Adidas, Mackenzie, Nike. You can buy, um, you know, proper or Balenciaga tracksuit or something. I was going to say, you can buy like a proper Italian designer tracksuits. You know, yeah. like the or like, like a, a Gucci Emporio. Or Ar- you can buy Armani tracksuits. They're go. quite popular with the youth. 
We um, do it to you. <laughs> Sam's got but four you, of them, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you could buy you could buy this sport the Sports Direct tracksuit, which is a grey tracksuit, it's got no branding, it's twenty pounds for argument's yeah. sake. You can buy an Emporio Armani tracksuit, which has got a tiny little badge just on the chest. Yes. Which says EA seven with a couple of lines on it or whatever. And that's 120, 140, 150, 200 pounds. It's probably the same tracksuit. This they're the probably question. made in the same place. This is the question. But one's the... got a badge put on it and yeah. one hasn't. And it's similar with, you know, for example, like you were saying, buying a Mazda or buying an Audi or a BMW or a Mercedes or buying a Skoda or something like that. It's Well, Skoda's a great example, actually, Sam, because again, well, that's the times... bottom of the VW group. Yeah hierarchy if you but like. how many times have we talked about uh skoda for example and said oh you know an octavia vrs yeah versus say golf for example mm-hmm. um or fabia vrs versus a polo gti yeah and you think well stuff the badge a minute because actually one of those in that hot blue color they do yeah looks, looks quite really striking nice. yeah and you know what do you know if if you're someone who really cares, but I've never looked at a Skoda and thought, Ooh, you know, that's a how scummy. Yeah, I've never thought that. You know, so I think people need to get over brand snobbery. Yes, and, and now brand similar exist. with the Hyundai. I've had a couple of comments about, oh, why do you like the Hyundai i30n? Right. Okay. To me, it's still a Hyundai. All right, oh, is that but a bad it, thing. Well, yeah, maybe okay, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe fifteen twenty years ago. Yes, but okay. aren't all manufacturers making cars to a pretty industry standard to start with yeah and then chucking a few extra bits on it if you're the prestige makers but mainly just chucking a few badges on it i mean uh hyundai have uh, genesis don't they so they do have a, a more premium offering as well yeah but do you know what i mean you're getting i, I would it's a very good hot hatch that we no, both right. agree is you're a very right. good hot hatch but yeah. it's got in certain people's minds a bit of brand snobbery saying well it's a hyundai i think the big problem here is i'll give bringing an example of the kia stinger gts Great car a 3.3 v6 turbo engine and and a good looking car as well yeah, strike it yeah really is a striking good looker and i think from a value perspective you could say it was a stinger in you the can. looks department yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, i mean it's like fifty thousand pounds so people go oh that's quite expensive for a kia but actually what's it competing against well it's trying and i'm not saying directly you know, people yeah. can make their own decision but it's trying to compete against m5s yeah, which are knocking on the door of, a, of six I mean, figures yeah obviously it's not going to compete on every level with it. no but, but that's where they in real it. world scenario. This is where the, you're on the road yeah. and you're not on the Nurburgring or yeah. ideal test conditions where it does not sixty and a half a second and goes six billion miles an hour. Yeah, you can't do that on the M25. No, and and what I would say is I remember trying to well not trying to I managed to sell and I say managed to <laughs> a Kia Sedona from 2006 wow. years ago and it was. The first time Kia made a car that was probably screwed together, right? Yeah. The the generation before that was um, not. Yeah, it just wasn't good. I mean, it just wasn't. It, you got in it and you felt like if you'd got in a Ford and got out of it into a Kia, you felt a, a noticeable step backwards. Yeah. And yeah. you know, if you got out of a BMW into which you know we're hopping in and out of cars all day long in a car sales environment, you, you always knew if you got into they they were terribly built. Now yeah. for the last fifteen years. They've at least been solidly built, and in the last ten years, they have been moving further and further along to the point that Sam and I both agree. You know, for example, the i30n is a, is just a brilliant vehicle. Yeah, they, uh, Honda had this issue years ago. Yeah, they they built washing machines for the road, but they were just reliable. Then they said, "Oh, we can build a Type R," and now people who, if anyone out there thinks a, a Civic Type R is not an incredible hot hatch, 
I'd suggest you go and drive one. And if you still don't think it, maybe recalibrate what your expectations are. Because I, I really, that to me is one of the, the absolute top. Um, sorry, Mas- Sam. Uh, um, Mazda. Yes. We're not talking necessarily from a performance point of view. Mazda never, ma- even when you work them, I think you'll agree if you take a step back from your Mazda enjoyment. Yes. They didn't make the best looking cars in the world. <laughs> well, I think that's fair to say. They yeah. made average cars. They yeah. were all right. They were sort of middle of the road. It's a Mazda. doesn't really, you know, you're not going to go down the pub and say, oh, I've got a Mazda, which I know is hypocritical from what I've just said about we need to forget about brand snobbery. But to prove a point yes. that since, where are we thinking, sort of 2017, 18, when their new facelifts came out, their they now make... design technology, yeah, uh, design language. They now make some of the, in my opinion, some of their cars are some of the best looking cars on the road. Their Mazda 3 mm-hmm. is probably one of the best looking cars in its bracket. So we're talking golfs and that sort of style car there. I think the Mazda 3 is probably one of, if not the best looking car in that bracket. And I don't think you're the only one who thinks that. I think and the a interior lot of... is really nice as well. It, well, yeah, we, we took one out. I mean, my partner's Mazda 2 is a lovely car to sit in. It's slightly higher than my car, but they're different cars. They're different, yeah. But the interior is a nice place to be. It's, it's, it works well. The sat-nav could do with a bit of an update, but that's because she hasn't updated it. Yeah, she which would car. just be a case so, of you know. Yeah, I just but, think the brand snobbery is is something that we all need to move on from. Well, is, again, is what I would like people to take away from this podcast. Yeah, and again, as I say, it's a point of value. Like if Sam and I were talking about a that Kia Stinger, for example, and I said, "Oh, it's quite good on fuel because it did twenty five miles to the gallon." Mm-hmm. It's a very different conversation to if Sam and I were talking about a Volkswagen Golf diesel versus a Ford Focus diesel, for example, where, yeah, where, where 60s and 60s. Yeah. <laughs> like if, it, if it didn't do 60, we'd be like, oh, it's not that great. So it's all about comparing it off fairly. Yeah. And I think sometimes, let's say, this gets lost because it really is a value perspective. If I say something is cheap at six figures, I know that almost no one is agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. And I would try never to say that because I know that no, the word it's, cheap it's doesn't cheap really apply. It is. But yeah, if you could buy, I don't know, um, a... The top Ferrari that has a thousand horsepower, SF90, that mm-hmm. someone, by the way, has crashed in Birmingham early today, an SF90 into five parked cars wow. and walked away from, got, wow. just pulled themselves out the window and then decided to flee the scene. <laughs> Genuinely. And they're on a camera, which has oh, got their fantastic. face on it. And you'd think the other thing is you're in Birmingham with an SF90. You're going to be so, noticed. So the, the thing for the police is, right, how many SF90s are registered in Birmingham? Well, it'd be but, one of those higher places. When it, no, that, that's, what, for... that's what people are talking about. But again, if, if an SF90 was £100,000, bear in mind I think they sell them for several multiples of that, you could yeah. say that's cheap for what it is, because it is. But at the same time, if we were talking about Dacia's, and I said, well, the Sandero is £13,000 now. That's a bit expensive. It's because they used to sell them for seven or £8,000. Yeah. So I just... It's all I about have... having context. It is. That's and what the name of this podcast should be, the context episode. The context driven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just hope that people that listen to this, and, and give us your feedback, because what I would like us to try and do more, and I hope we do it anyway, but we will endeavour to do it as much as we can, is separate ourselves a little bit from... Um, other podcasts you may listen to or YouTube videos or whatever else it may be when we are giving our opinions on a car. And ultimately, Sam and I have already agreed, we're more about the sort of enjoyment of vehicles and we want to get more people involved in enjoying vehicles. Mm-hmm. So unlike a review site that does reviews to inform people, we try and do information, but we're really trying to sell the, the passion. 
not sell, but yeah, you definitely. know, no, that's, no, no, that's what right. our yeah, podcast yeah. is about. So when we do the reviews, sometimes we can possibly get a bit carried away with saying, oh, this is just the best thing ever because of this. And then, and then I say, yeah, it was £60,000. You know? yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and so I hope that, and as I say, we're very open to feedback if people do say, actually, no, you know, we get the right balance or we don't, or, you know, we need to give it a bit more context sometimes. We're open to that feedback because I hope we do it. But, of course we are, yeah. You know, it's just one of those things, as I say, particularly when you're talking about electric vehicles coming to the market because they're all a lot more expensive yeah do you remember we recalibrate things haven't you we did the was it the plug-in hybrid episode yeah yeah and i said to you at the very start sam everything you guessed i think i had the did i you you sort of you said add 20 percent on yeah just you know everything you think of you need to add because we did it and i said oh there's nothing i couldn't find a single thing in the under 25 bracket yeah and you were surprised you were like oh surely and i was like and we talked about it yeah. after the podcast. You were like, no, you really can't. And then I said under 40, though. And I was picking out cars. And you were just looking at me as if I'd lost my mind. Yeah, exactly. So I was sort of saying, oh, you can get an Audi A3. Yeah, you but you have to recalibrate 40. it, don't you, to, yeah. to what the, the, the market is for and, us. And again, it's value. If, if something provides £40,000 worth of value, then yeah. it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. If you have £40,000. Now, if you've got, like Sam and I, four pence. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But again, when, when we're looking at stuff, I mean, I've, we've told my story many a times of how I'll look at one car, yeah, then, another, yeah. then another. Now, my idea of value goes all over the shop because I could look at something that's £80,000 and say, oh, that's a good deal. And Sam will sit there looking at me like, oh, it's £80,000. Yeah, <laughs> and realistically, then you're not buying it. I'll be looking at a £300 car that has clearly been crashed. Going, I'm saying, oh, it's a bit expensive. Oh, yeah, but... I reckon if we turned up there, we'd take 250. And Sam's thinking, why would I argue over 50 quid when there's clearly about 10,000 pounds worth yeah. of repairs needed? Yeah. So it, it is all, you know, um, down to each individual. And I just, you know, we'll try and make sure we get that, that yeah. uh, balance as best as possible, I think. That was, um, that was my big sort of part to this podcast, Sam, that I wanted to point out, apart from the fact of this Maxus with its... Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I say it'll be really interesting to see if they come back and there's something else that comes from that. Yeah, I think so. We'll see what happens. Especially if they say, "Oh no, we've got one now. It's got 500 miles range." Yeah, we'll do a Maxus update. Yeah, it, it can carry four thing. tons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a lorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it charges in ten minutes. Future podcasts, and we'll just sort of um, put this out here. We've got because we'll be doing further upgrades to our studio as it's becoming yeah we'll have so we've got, we've got let's say we've got some exciting updates coming in the next couple of podcasts yeah and, and we'll obviously we'll do a youtube video you'll notice the difference in the youtube video yes, i would hope because we we've, if you don't then you're not watching very well <laughs> when we when we first geared this up we geared it up um for audio obviously yeah which is the the key thing was to gear up for audio we had to set everything up to be as best as possible for you to listen to us. Mm-hmm. And then Sam had the idea of, you know, well, we should put something out video-wise, people can see us, because, of course, there will be other things, like when we did the van test, yeah, and we had some great times in it. I thought, oh, we should have recorded some of this and put it out there, because people might have appreciated being there with us yeah, more than listening after the fact, or, or doing both. So we're going to try and do some uh, studio stuff to, well, some studio upgrades. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be talking about vehicle finance in a future podcast yeah we're getting very close to the 50th so i'm not quite sure when i'll do it no but that's a one for me 
I think, a little bit more, although I think Sam will have some pretty good questions because we've had this debate many yeah. times about the best way to finance and the best way to fund. Yeah, well, it'll be helping people understand and also I'll be asking you the questions. Yeah, also you find a lot of people are talking about stretching themselves, not to stretch themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's always this thing of, well, if you spend a bit more on the car, you know, do you get a better car? And does that mean actually that you don't spend as much on it? And, you know, it goes around yeah. and around of, well, if I just take a small bit of finance out or I take a large bit of finance out, mm-hmm. or, you know, if I get a good deal, it all comes into this deal. So that's an important one coming up. I think we'll also cover off a couple of bits about the additional extras that come with uh, cars today because it's growing. We mentioned that Defender in the last podcast yeah. and how you could have four specifications and then the exterior packs. Yeah. And I think it becomes very confusing for some people because if I called up Land Rover and I said, I want a top spec a Defender, and they said, oh, okay, so yes, that's done. Right, it's here to collect. And I turned up and I said, oh, where's the, the box? Yeah, on no outside? additional extras. And, and oh, I thought it had flared out. She said, oh, no, that's another pack. You didn't select that. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So just to sort of clear that up with, with uh, a few manufacturers, and I, I don't think they're doing it maliciously to try and get more money out. I just think it's the way they've set themselves up. Yeah, yeah. Anything more you want to do in this one, Sam? No, no. Sure. Yeah. Last chance. Yeah. (laughs) I'm willing to risk it. (laughs) Ten minutes time. You can't be driving home and think, oh, I haven't. (laughs) Get the microphones out. (laughs) But no. uh, Well, I think that was a good one, and I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you'll join us uh, in the next one in a few days' time. Yeah, you better be here. Take care, guys, and we'll see you soon. See ya.